0: Good Good evening, America. Welcome back to Radio Tony, Everyday Business. I'm your host, Tony Lantis, and I'm really excited today. We have a special guest, Lisa Sweeney, who I'll tell you about in in a moment. Uh, Thank you for all of those who are listening live online and Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitch. We have the gorgeous payo in the Philippines ready to respond to your comments, questions, and send you links and information as and if you need it. So a little bit about our gorgeous guest today. Lisa Sweeney is the CEO and founder of Business in Heels. The organisation works with business and professional women, enabling them to succeed. They do this through mentoring, education, connection and marketing. And today the organisation connects with 160,000 in a collective community. And their vision is to create an unlimited future for for women. Collaboration has enabled Business in Heels to grow and Lisa is going to share some of that valuable information about those six years of growth. I'm really privileged to have Lisa on the show. She's an amazingly busy woman and it's wonderful to have her to share her wisdom with us today. Now, Lisa um, has decided that we should call this show Passion to Profitability. I can't get my words out today. Um, but before we talk about that, I, Lisa hasn't always been the CEO of Business in Heels. So I want to know, Lisa, good morning and welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. It's so wonderful to be here. I want to know what your life was like before you created this amazing community called Business in Heels.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> I think I think um, I spent a lot of my career working in retail as a buyer. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I had the perfect job for a woman. I had somebody else's credit card and I was <laughs> licensed to spend money on it. So I used to travel around the world, actually looking at fashion. I worked in a lot of um, clothing areas and I was licensed to, you know, design, come up with ideas. Yeah. Together, rangers, and I work largely for Target Australia. Um, we also got to meet a lot of the Target US people, interestingly enough. Oh, wow. I ran um, the fabric side of Spotlight and so quite often, you know, we were putting together multi-million dollar ranges. We were sourcing them overseas. Yes. Uh, we would then bring them into retail. And so I've been lucky enough to travel a lot. And so it wasn't just yes. to, you know, places like the US and the UK. It was also to China and India and Bangladesh and Cambodia yes. and Career, so I've got to see a lot of countries, you know, from very much from the bottom up, and being able to work yes. with a lot of these people to actually bring stuff to market, and you see, like, you know, what a difference that makes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did that and loved it for a substantial period of time. What was the catalyst that birthed business in heels? What was the moment? What was this decision process? Well, probably
1: it started whilst quite early on, actually, in my buying career yeah. because I probably mm-hmm. went into China. Oh, gee, twenty five years ago, and I have to confess, mm-hmm. I was responsible for one of the more unattractive fashion trends around printed leggings. Yeah. We were we were really pumping through printed leggings. So, I dated myself now immediately, and um, the prints were amazing. But you know, the more loud and bold, the better they sold. So, I found myself at one point in China. You a factory. Quite out in the middle of nowhere, and we were discussing over lunch um, some of what was going on, and that was the first time I was actually ever exposed to what had happened in China around the one-child policy, and how restrictive mm-hmm. it was, and and how parents there had to make a choice, and the choice is very much around their retirement, and for that, and it was illegal to adopt out, and so they were forced if they felt to abandon children, and we were seeing. You know, massive number of children abandoned but always girl children because they honestly didn't yes. believe that boys, that a girl could maintain them into their elderly old age pension. And I, you know, I was sort of in my early 30s and I had never come across anything like that. I was still under the impression that women were all equal and that everything was rosy. And so, yeah. you know, having... Very confronted by that, so came back and you know then started becoming more aware, I guess, of what the situation was. So, you know, from that, um, you know, obviously I continued on with my career, and but again, yes. I I started taking and noticing those sort of opportunities where women were less than equal, and certainly they mm. weren't within corporate Australia, and they still aren't, as
0: no, I'm sure they still aren't.
1: Mm. I'm sure we'll discuss that that later on Um, and along the track um, we adopted my daughter from China and um, you know it's been one of those Mm. things we you know um, it's just a great you know I have lots of um, connections in China because obviously I was traveling there and going there every couple of months Mm. to do business so as a result that was probably one of the trigger points and then at a point Mm. where I'd had 25 years of by experience and I perhaps wasn't yes. as motivated by it anymore. We were seeing lots of culture changes and I just thought, you know, this is not, I'm not really making much of a difference in what I'm doing. I'd rather do something with a bit uh-huh. more purpose. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And, so and so that that started the very idea of developing a community specifically for women, Lisa?
1: Yes, absolutely. And so, um, myself and my um, partner at the time, Joe Plummer, you know, we decided that we would, and we both left corporate and discovered, whilst yes. incredibly well connected within our industry, suddenly mm-hmm. we're in the big wide world, and we had no real connections. So it was, it was very interesting. And um, you know, we discovered networking. And you know, I have to say, yeah. I didn't initially love it. You know, you, you often got caught by people or you ended up, you know, in conversations where, um, you know, you were looking for that excuse to, oh, I have to go to the bathroom yes. now or something. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. it wasn't always a natural, comfortable fit. So that that then yeah. made us realise lots of people are in that same boat. Uh, and yes. so we decided that, you know, Business and Heels would have that opportunity to be very collaborative and, um, you know, rather than be, you know, and then you hear about the whole uh, the devil was Prada and you've got the bitchy women. And so, yes. you know, the idea was let's be collaborative. We've got enough things against us, so let's all, Absolutely. you know, bitch in and work on this together.
0: There's something special, Lisa, when like-minded women collaborate in business and on program, uh, uh, programs that, that help other women. i found that there's just... Um it's a great source of enjoyment and enrichment versus um a straight out business collaboration of of some description. I found that women who are passionate about what they do and are following their life path, they bring an energy to a collaboration that's really quite special. Do you find that when um in so far in business in heels?
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's never just business, it's always business and family and and other stuff that's going on. You know, women are constantly doing this juggle between everything and trying to, you know, carve a little time out for them in amongst all those other things, competing factors. And I guess... And that's why when women get together and have those discussions and form Mm -hmm. those collaborations, it's often with real empathy and understanding for those situations, which often, you know, if you've got friends and family who don't run a business or aren't, you know, high-flying career people, they don't get it. You know, why are you putting yourself out? Life would be much easier. Kick back and relax, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as opposed to the passion that drives people and really encouraging them. So, you know, to be surrounded by those like-minded people gives people that energy, you know, and quite often they find amazing solutions. I mean, I was just talking to a lady yesterday that had been along to some of our coffee connections for the first time, and she said, I met two people. One of them put me in touch with someone who's going to be my HR manager and I've just moved this whole great chunk of work over to her and another one showed me something that saved me like days this is a lady running a new charity working 60 hours a week and she's just like this all happened through one one small meeting and she said i can't believe how you know wonderful the community has been so
0: women are very giving by nature generally speaking and I know my first instance is always to work out how can I help and and I've just found that women who are in business they're, they're always mostly there to help other people so they're really generous and giving with their time and information knowledge and wisdom and that's what I've found so far. Lisa, can you describe Business and Heels as if you were describing it to a stranger? <laughs> That's always a challenge. Um,
1: so, Business yeah. and Heels is largely a collaborative community of people um, working together. But what we do is we know mentoring makes such a difference. So, we've carved out a whole raft of different services where we can help people really fast track and accelerate their progress through mentoring. Yeah. We've got a whole Mm -hmm. education arm because we appreciate that starting up and running a business is not easy and that there's lots of get-rich-quick schemes Mm -hmm. out there, but... They're they suck a lot of energy and a lot of money out of people and what we wanted to do was give people something that was tried and tested and proven. So we've got an education piece that's all around getting businesses up and running. And we had a bank yes. go through it and they were happy to do unsecured lending prior to COVID, this is. Um, now they're not technically allowed, but they you know, it was so robust. And it that's the point really is fantastic. Yeah. You know, that it makes it will make a difference to people. Um, We've got a number of short courses available and we're just about to launch our mentor masterclass. And then we also have um, events that run all the time to allow people Mm -hmm. to get like the snapshots and move on with whether it be professional development or whether it be through business development. We all face roadblocks all the time. And so having Mm -hmm. these options to catch up with people, meet new people and to actually get solutions and move forwards is is part of what we like to do. So nearly everything we do has got some practical, useful element to it. Yeah. Whilst we yeah. might have a glass of bubbles and taste some nice champagne, which we're going to do next week, it's always got yeah. an element of purpose to, to whatever, whatever we're doing.
0: I was going to say, Lisa, when I was um, uh, researching for the interview online, I was on um, the Business in Heels website, and I have to say, audience, there's so much available on that side. I've actually signed myself up for a virtual coffee meeting with the team next week um, to just experience the Business in Heels magic myself. in talking about women lisa and we've seen a lot of this from women in australia in 2021 we still don't have that essential equality that we need um how do you feel in australia that we're going i think that we've got a bit of ways to go what are your thoughts lisa
1: yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Tony. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people all the time and the other day someone said, oh, you know, we can't consider women unless we consider all the minority groups. And I just went, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Aren't we 51% of the population? <laughs> but yes. the women's movement issues are lumped with, and I don't say this, yes. but But with anything to do with disability, to do with immigration, to do with LBGQI and everything. And so it becomes an excuse to not deal with it because it's in the too hard basket. So, um, and uh, there's a lot of people that think that way, which I think is part of the problem as to why we don't have it and we
0: don't achieve it. And and part of that that broader issue is just we are 51% of the population and we should be included in conversations about anything to do with the greater population, and we're still not quite there. We're not equally represented in the higher echelons of of corporations. We're not equally represented in politics. And from my point of view, I think that by... uh, Working towards that equality, that women will bring with them the conversation about all the minority groups, because that's what women do. So, by elevating the status of women and bringing that equality into um, the workplace, we will we will ourselves bring those conversations about the minority groups um, and increase the. Uh, and bring the conversation higher for everyone. Particularly in politics, we need to be at the seat at the table. We need to be part of the solution. And I think that that's part of what's happening, particularly in Australia at the moment, that women have just about had enough. We want to feel safe. We want to be included. And it's about time we were. And that's not at the... Um, that's not to bring men down. When I talk about this publicly, there's often the, oh, but what about men or that's not all men. We're not having that conversation because we're not at that point yet. We need to get the balance right before you can say not everyone and not all men. Absolutely it's not all men. Absolutely it's not um, Then men are not all bad. But we can't have those bigger conversations without women in the room in the first place oh and I totally
1: agree with you and I think you know the adage you can teach a woman to fish and she'll feed the community once once we get that balance right I think you'll see that um a lot of the other ones will get fixed because that's absolutely a big part of that's what women women do yeah yeah yeah
0: absolutely Lisa going back to your time in corporate, was it evident to you that there remained an imbalance in terms of promoting women to corporate positions, women at the head of companies? Was that still very much evident up until you started doing business in Heels?
1: Yes, and, look, I I was lucky enough to have had a number of female bosses, including a female CEO, but she was the only yeah. one. She had to win Telstra Businesswoman of the Year before they would appoint her to the CEO role, and then oh, um, no. you know was used as a bit of a pinup, a pinup child for a while. But yes. there's a lot of um, lip service to women, and yes. you know, along with that, what I also have witnessed is all is also women that have been um, grown up under some male leadership and then take uh-huh. on male characteristics, struggle yeah. very much to be empathetic, but then on the flip side, they've learnt no other management style. And so yeah. what we're seeing in some of the very male-dominated industries is that the women are very hard-nosed and not as empathetic, um, and quite yeah. a lot of them get sick because they've got this, um, you know, conflict going on. Inconference. And it, yeah. And so, you know, um, they're not always being able to bring their best selves to the table, which is where, you know, the balance between the gender characteristic is what also helps a lot of companies. I mean, it's been proven a number of times that when you've got a better balance on a board, when you've got a better balance in the leadership team, what happens is companies become more profitable because they better get their overall customers and how to service them and... And come up with better decisions. So, uh, I think we're seeing a progression. Women, you know, I've watched women have to fight very, very hard, and that's become yes. less. More advocates around, and more support. Yeah. But we still, so we're running our leadership summits for women in industry yes. sectors where women are struggling, right? And so, in finance, the gender a, pay, yeah finance yeah so the gender pay gap sits at twenty three percent. The country average Mm. is 13. So, you know, what's different around finance and insurance that are kind of lumped in there? We did lawyers in um, February and they've got the same issue. And we Mm -hmm. even had a couple of the partners sharing with me that at the board table, Mm -hmm. as the sole female um, partner in the room, they were asked to get the tea. And because they felt so intimidated at being at that table, they did it without pushback. And and yet none of the other participants at the board table stood up for them. So I think, you know, the interesting conversation I think is it can't always be on the person that feels, um, you know, vulnerable to have to push back. No, it can't. It's got to be the conversation at the table that, well, it's my turn to do the tea or... Now, you, you yes. did it last time, or that's not appropriate. We've got a tea lady,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that I, was I, really yeah. interesting. I find it interesting too that um, despite how far we've been able to come, there's still those stories that, oh, that's your job, or that's you need to do that because you're a woman, versus. Um, you know, this, this wonderful woman sitting at this boardroom has got there with hard work and merit. And so why is it that she's the one that's asked to get the tea or, you know, that that fundamental conversation about uh, being a good human versus being a man or a woman, we still are not quite getting that right. And um, I I know that a lot of the women that I talk to, um, they get very uh, passionate about equality in boardrooms across Australia, but they still struggle with some of the elements of being in that boardroom, like being asked to get the lunch or the tea or what have have you. Um, And That's about a generation of uh, young men and teaching them that this is your job as much as it is my job and about that conversation that being a good human means that I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. Um, Lisa, do you find that women still struggle to get the support and mentorship that they need?
1: Uh, yes. So at the moment, statistically, 50% of women get no mentoring at all, which yeah. is why we launched Mentor Mornings, which we've got going across the country as well as pushing internationally. So the mm-hmm. idea is kind of to democratise mentoring and let yeah. any woman just have that opportunity to sit with our mentor for an hour and get a taste of what it's like when you've got someone who's experienced giving you ideas and looking at what you're trying to do from a different perspective. So yeah. we run that around the country and we've got the most amazing women that step up as our mentors. We've probably got about 80 different women and these are all yeah. really senior women that are just happy to pay it forward. Somebody's helped them Absolutely. in their life and I, I think it makes a huge difference and as a result of that we're just um, on the cusp of launching um, a corporate solution which at the moment um, we wow. know would actually work really well within organizations where we train the senior leaders to be good mentors so they've got a consistency because there is an assumption mm-hmm. in a lot of organizations that a senior leader will be a good mentor which is just that it's an assumption it's not, true. All of them. not all of them are high on the empathy skills that being said yes. you know with some good framework and some training i think mm-hmm. we'll build capacity in organizations and enable them to move a lot of the people up and through and it's it, the program works on a platform it's all scalable and it allows the organization yes. to align kpis and goals so that all the people are working in the one direction because quite often you go into a big organisation and somebody that's relatively new or lower on the hierarchy has no understanding of what they do to contribute to the overall outcome of the company. And so trying to get everybody in that sort of alignment means that they all get a much better sense of purpose, they feel supported. Um, There's, again, a lot of statistics that show that women that are mentored are five times more likely to be promoted which Absolutely. means that it helps with the financial balance as well, mm. and ninety-four percent mm. of employees are way more comfortable when they are being mentored because they feel like they are being looked after by their company. So it's got and, a and whole supporters. lot of wins. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so yeah. some really great wins for organisations. It's a really great way to engage and develop and fast-track people. And that's partly why we did, we've did. we been developing it because yes. we know that we can have more impact, you know, within organisations. Um, so
0: Definitely. Lisa, let's just quickly talk about that push into other countries. I'm excited to hear what that looks like for Business in Heal. So we've got um, we've got our first
1: American ambassador, Karen Avila, no. and she's she's maybe online. Who knows where she is at the moment? But she's amazing, um, and we are setting up um, an international mentor morning, which is an online version of mentor mornings. So if anyone can join mm. us from anywhere in the world, um, it is set up around the. Um, Singapore to UAE sort of time zone we had a lot of requests we had a branch in the United Arab Emirates now for a number of years um, and it's Uh a very difficult place for women to be because um, it's very uncomfortable to be on the street and things and so as a result of it um, we were chatting to the Dubai Women's Council and they were explaining to us that they don't well a lot of their mentors are male and I and they had asked whether ah. we, we had a problem with that and I said no not at all um, but we'd had so many amazing women step up that it was a great opportunity mm. to role model both the women and use their experience and we hadn't really had to bring a lot of men into the conversation not to say that yeah. we're anti-men at all but and not so nice. we said great let's set that up for you guys and, and we'll allow more women so we've already got women from Australia all the way way. Through to UAE, who are going to be the mentors. So, yeah, and once. Fantastic. And then we're setting another one up soon, which will be um, into the US time zone, so US Canada.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Lisa, we talk about the struggles that Australian women have, and sometimes we forget about the very real struggles for our nearby neighbours, particularly the Emirates. And the Arab states, it's very difficult for women over there, isn't it?
1: Mm. And to be a business owner, you have to, a female business owner, you have to have a male business partner by law. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> so, oh, you know, just wow. things that
1: you would take for granted that, you know, is yes. uh, the laws are very different. Um, and you know you get into some of the other countries um like India and Cambodia and Bangladesh, yeah. and all the rest of it, it gets you know quite difficult and challenging yeah. again.
0: yeah i'm I'm really glad to hear that you're pushing into those countries. Thats must be pretty exciting for you and the team, Lisa.
1: Yeah, everybody is very stoked about it and um, it's been nice to be able to link in people from lots of different countries. I think Singapore is going to be another great jump off to, you know, to help a lot of people.
0: Yes. Um, Singapore is quite, um, it's different from the countries that we've been talking to, but it's very close to us. So it's a good Mm. jump off point for um, women in business in Australia because we're so close. Um, Looking through your website and seeing all the amazing things you do, the other thing that excited me was uh, the membership. Can you tell the audience how Membership to Business in Heels works? Because they're fabulous, those membership programs.
1: Oh thanks, Tony. Look, they're very it's very simple. We've got memberships mm-hmm. that, that work for either business owners and they could be at three different levels. It can be simply starting out, which is mm-hmm. like thirty bucks a year, which just gets yes. people involved. Then we've got ones that recognise that you might be the best kept secret in the world and no one knows about you. So We have a promotional growing one which allows people to get on the directory and get their message out and if they blog, we share it every single time down to Facebook so that goes to about 38,000. And then we've got another one which is all for scaling people. So often the message, as you know, video is a great medium Mm -hmm. and so we create Mm -hmm. videos for people and lots of people don't aren't good at scripting. They're not good at editing, and they're certainly not good at presenting yes. themselves. So we we work with them through that whole process, and they end up with a great little video that talks to what they do, um, and then we share yeah. that out to a hundred thousand. So it's a great way to get it Dang in and
0: fantastic.
1: So that's the scaling awesome. membership, and we um, yeah, yeah we we're just the the lady who's just started the charity, and we were talking about developing her script yesterday, and you know how she did two thousand care packs from her home for cancer su- sufferers. Yeah. Um, can you imagine the anxiety? You know, packing them and shipping them. Yes, you know. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> through COVID that's and lockdown. A lot. Anyway. Yeah. exactly so that's that's for business owners and then for employees we've got two memberships that revolve more around mentoring because we know that's where it makes mm. the most difference so one um is a career boost where it's got one mentoring session and the other one's empowering where it's got four mentoring sessions and we teach people how to manage up their empl- their bosses yes. and also yes. how to network up yes. yeah. so um a lot of women in organizations are, very busy working and very yes, rarely yes. allocate the time to network up, which is really critical. So we teach them a lot of those sorts of skills.
0: So let's talk about networking because it's been a little bit of my favourite subject recently because I um, do quite a lot of networking and I'm finding worlds of difference between traditional networking, male-dominated networking, women-only networking and online networking. They're all quite different spaces. I have to say that my favourite space is always women-led, women-only networking um, because of the free flow of information and knowledge and tears and sharing and hugs yeah. and all the wonderful things that... that uh, inspire and empower us. What are your um, experiences with networking? I know it's very much part of what Business and Heels does, but I'm really interested in your perspective as well, mm. Lisa. Look,
1: I, I guess I've always been a natural networker. Although I, I, as I Mm. said, I wasn't. The idea of walking to a room full of strangers initially, I found quite intimidating. As, as I I think we will do, it's a natural, a natural defense. Um, I think, look, women only networking, it's a different conversation. Um, you'll Mm. have a conversation about whether you're having cancer or gone into menopause or you've got the best success in the world. It could go anywhere. Yes. you know, yes. and it's fascinating. Um, it you know, is. when you, when you're dealing with, say, a chamber of commerce, a lot of the conversations mm-hmm. are more transactional, and so yeah. <coughs> so having run the menswear team, uh, a lot of guys you deal with yep. are much more transactional. They want to start business and they'll work the relationship out as they go along. And so you just, it's a different way of doing stuff. So you just have to recognise it and decide if that's how you want to work you know, yeah. when I used to have teams meetings in menswear, I'd take the women aside, yeah. explain all the whys, and then we'd go and uh-huh. talk about what we needed to do. But if I took the time to do all the whys with the guys in the room, they are just like, can you just get to the point? Will you stop waffling and just get to the point? And, and this way it satisfied both of them. But it just goes yeah. to show, and look, there are exceptions to the rule, obviously, but um, yeah, just yeah that there is a difference. And if you're in a corporate where you've got 97% of the senior leadership team are guys, you have to go and network with men. You have to build relationships with. You've got to be visible. You can't hide And so have a support crew that you can go and and (laughs) chat to and go, oh, wow, that was scary or that was intimidating. But you've got to get that visibility and build those relationships. And I guess it just depends what it is you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah. And, Lisa, it it is intimidating for women coming up against um, male ego. I find it incredibly intimidating um, and uh, how is how do you cope with with that based on your I, experience? I
1: think that, you know. So it's not <clears throat> never should be about going ego head to head. You know, find a no. reason why why this person you want to meet them. You know, maybe they're excellent mm. at marketing. Maybe they've had an amazing career. Ask them all mm. those questions. Ask great questions yeah. and sit back and listen. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not about you, so it's not intimidating, but it also becomes really interesting. And then the person that you're talking to um, feels like they're giving a lot and so they then become yes. interested in you. So they'll walk out, you know, so if if you have a conversation and, and the other person's spoken for 95% of the time, they'll yes. say that was the best meeting ever. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that's, that is so interesting. Um, but... But they'll buy into the conversation and they'll buy into supporting people so it doesn't become intimidating and it becomes a real learning opportunity.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Lisa, one of the other things I found yesterday was your um, latest book called Raw. Um, Mm -hmm. Love the wisdom that sits behind this book. Can you tell the listeners today about Raw and how you got to publish Raw? Yeah, sure. Look, Raw is a compilation
1: story. So we've got nine mm-hmm. amazing authors, um, of which I'm one of them. But um, I say that because I don't, you know, partic- yes. particularly think that you've got anything amazing to share, but everybody's got a story. And if that story then helps somebody else. So a lot of the stories are quite confronting. Um, people have pushed yeah. through some pretty major stuff to come out the mm-hmm. other side. So um I wouldn't say it's all uplifting but the the point behind it is that you can get through it and I think Um, the the letters that we've had as a result of it the people that have read the book and said wow you've changed how I think about something or you've changed my attitude to something you know I'm now not going to be caught up so people can often end up on a a negative treadmill about various things and so the book was put out there by all the authors with a purpose to inspire and to encourage and I think we certainly have done that we've got our next one in the works so that's Coming along. I don't the title hasn't been quite revealed yet. So hopefully come July we'll be printing our next one. But it is an amazing opportunity to hear some stories that people have been through and many people will be able to resonate with some of those stories. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because life can be tough and it can throw some really difficult times, particularly if you're a woman in business, because we do that juggling. Thing where we try and manage family and home and business and think that we can do it all and have it all all at once. And I'm a great believer in, yes, we can have it all, but sometimes not right at this moment. And <laughs> what it might look like for you is completely different to what it might look like for, for Lisa. Um, I'm really glad that you're doing another one of the um, the books with that women's wisdom sitting behind it. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about this morning is the events that you do do. As I said um, earlier, I'm I'm going to attend one of the coffee meetups next week. Can you tell the audience, Lisa, about all of those events that you do, where uh, the summit, the finance summit that's coming up, I'd really like the audience to know how they can tap into that? Sure. Sure. So the coffee event
1: that you're going to next week mm. is a lot of fun, and so essentially, oh, it's, it's on Zoom like this. But we break everyone down into yes. smaller rooms, and Kisten, who mm-hmm. runs it, will set you up with some very interesting topics. It might be um, if a zombie apocalypse occurred, how long do you think <laughs> it would last, and why? But so the conversation, so rather than you saying, Oh hi, I'm Tony and this is what I do and blah 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 it gets yes. on to how would I kill how would I kill the zombies? How would I progress? Another great question <laughs> she asked is, you know, <laughs> what's your favorite? If you came back as a could come back as a chocolate bar, which one would it be? And it's interesting, uh, yeah. like everyone's preferences, mind you, we all got offline and it's like I had to go eat chocolate. <laughs> So that, it's a really fun, casual way, and what we've seen out of that is people have now um, made great connections. They are getting catching up offline. Some have even formed a business together. Um, so it, it's yes, a really yes. great way of cutting through um, and making that real, really good connection. So we we moved on to online very early, um, and we have got some real excellence in it. So we have a proper conferencing platform, so something like the Summit Mm -hmm. for Women in Finance. So we've got just about, we've got all of the leading banks involved and we've got some major panellists from, you know, the CIO of Open Pay through to, you know, the CEO of Mortgage Choice. And all these women are going to be sharing, and it's great because the all women on the panel, they share a little bit about, you know, the success and what's happening in the industry, but how they personally have gone in getting to yeah. where they've got to. We had on the law um, summit, we had one lady talking about panic attacks in court and apparently it's really oh. within the law industry because it's such an intimidating, you know, cultural oh, environment. And, yeah. um, you know, we had three or four other people say it was so great that she talked about it because suddenly they didn't feel so weird and that they'd been feeling like they were just you know, freaks and how were they going to cope with it. So um, the summits, uh, we talk about those panels. We have these amazing discussions. Then we do a couple of workshops. So the workshops are always very participatory and everybody has to contribute, but they're small groups and they're great. So there could be anything like pathways to the boardroom or emotional intelligence or, you know, how to, um, you know, speak online and um, have a presence. And so there's a lot of different topics You can only pick two, and then we do some networking online. Um, yeah, we play yeah. human bingo on the site, so you can actually chat with people and then go straight straight to a video chat. So anybody can do that whilst oh. all of it's going on. So yeah. we yeah. have um, we have an expo stand, and we did like a a, a um, scavenger hunt through that. So everyone had you had to go to all the stands and get a letter. Um, yes. At the finance summit, one of the prizes is this beautiful. Um, Bracelets. It's a $1,000 bracelet from Trollbead, So they're just to die for. Um, And Mm -hmm. yeah, you just think, you know, so people are really motivated to do these things because it's like, I want that bracelet, right? (laughs) At the other end of it. So so as I said, purpose and fun, that's kind of what we're about. And then we've got. The mentor mornings running both in location and online, so people can come along to those. And then in different locations, depending on the branch structures we have on the ground, they'll be doing Mm -hmm. different things. So there's a big event up in Townsville, which is a yacht club coming up in another week. There's an event happening down Geelong, which is very much around taste of the region, which will involve wine Mm. tasting and cheese, and I believe some amazing brownies. So that's all sounding pretty much... Like fun, and um, you know, as I said, we do lots of different things depending.
0: Lisa, in the world we find ourselves in um, post-COVID, do you think? So, from my perspective, I love online. I I love the freedom it gives me to attend and be present in more networking groups, to virtually attend more morning teas, etc., etc what do you see as the world will, the business world would look like going forward? Do you see that we will ever return to full-on live events? Or do you think that it will be a new combination of the both?
1: Oh, definitely a combination of the both. I think mm. even now um, with we were talking to um, one of the big banks the other day and they were saying they're having a mm-hmm. real a real struggle to get more than 75% of the workforce back and that there's going oh, to be a agreed. percentage of people that, you know, will never want to go back and a percentage mm. that will willing to be flexible. Um, people are very productive from home. Um, and so yeah, that's a really good thing. And as you say, it's enabled small business to be even more, uh, agile, because then you can make bigger connections yeah. in different places yeah. as well as being really productive. And I think also the, the stigma, there was a stigma around working from home. There was, a bit. definitely. So mm. I think, you know, for a lot of reasons there'll be this hybrid and, and the big corporates from the point of view of um, work safe, will not be willing to put their people at risk and send lots of them en masse to big events. And I also think a lot of them have discovered yeah. the cost involved um, of putting people on a yeah. plane, sending them. A lot of them have stopped their boards. So their boards used to do this. So it's like a junket. We'll have a board meeting. We've got to fly up to such and such. We've got to have a strategy session yeah. here. They're trying to do every second one online now, so a bit of yeah. in-person, a bit of online. So I think that's what we'll sort of see that balance coming back of, of both.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I know, you know the online, online ones online. are more affordable for a lot of people too.
0: Definitely, definitely. I was just, um, back when I was working for uh, in corporate um, health, there was such pushback against working from home. And back then, this is going back maybe 12 years or so, um, back then it was, there was a real stigma around working from home. Mm. It was as if you were doing something shady and even back then I thought this is ridiculous I get so much more done when I don't have to commute I uh, don't have to be stopped from when I'm deep in a project by an uh, a meeting that's just been called because you're right there um and I know uh, my husband too who works for an international um corporation and was able to start working from home when COVID first struck, he doesn't ever want to go back to the um, corporate office. And I have to say that he, from his boss's perspective, he's achieved much more than he ever did going into the office. So I'm really particularly grateful for COVID in terms of taking away that stigma and giving people more quality of life because that's what... The um, working on working from home and being able to zoom into meetings or Skype or whatever it is, it gives you that flexibility, which is at the end of the day, that's a fantastic thing for many, many women and men, but for women in particular, who then can manage their life around what they need to do and where they need to to be. And if it's just their home office, what a great outcome, Lisa totally and i think the interesting
1: thing is it changed the family discussion so where it was yes. largely the woman taking control i think you've mm. now seen a much better balance of both partners so it becomes you know both partners are yes. managing family as opposed to it's your job or my job um and that breaking down some barriers but the interesting thing is on the of the percentages and so i was it's a very large bank, so on the percentages of the ones wanting to go back full time, the ones that want to go yeah. back part time, and the ones that don't want to go back. Most of the ones going back full time were men. <laughs> so I just thought, uh, so, and you know, maybe looking after the family wasn't so much fun. I don't know. Anyway, we were uh, laughing about that at, at a point. Anyway, absolutely. I, that's, I, I, that's it's. You that's know that's interesting statistic isn't it It's a snapshot and so who knows what yeah. the the true figures are but um yeah. yeah we'll we'll see as it all washes out over the next little while but I think it's as i you said it's, cha- it's broken down some really great barriers and I think it's changed some of that discussion really and I think for a lot mm. of um families it will change you know just how life goes forward and maybe people aren't going to live such busy lives I think you know, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Stopped. Yeah, a lot of people stopped at the end of COVID and went, wow, why were we Why were we running kids to five million yeah. things? You know, maybe a couple. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Lisa, my uh, last question for the interview are, is around the future. What does the future hold for Lisa and what's the bigger vision? Tell me about that.
1: Well... as you might have guessed, I like new things and I love embracing stuff. So, you know, it's been a fantastic journey of discovery and we're pushing internationally. So it'll be growth into different locations where we can make a difference. And the more we make a difference, the more of a difference we want to make. And so, you know, I feel very honoured that you know people call me up and say, "You know, we got this, or we did that," or you know I met this amazing person and she's changed my life um as we as we go through this, we want to be able to have more of that impact and provide more of that yeah. sort of safe as well safety as well as you know inspiration, and give people those yes. tools to succeed. So you know it's not uh, you know the corporate mentoring is the next thing that we're rolling out with, thing for you. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big, exciting part of it. But mentoring in it total is. will make a huge yeah. difference to people on lots of different levels. So we do group mentoring for a lot of our business owners and it just helps when you're solo to have that accountability. Absolutely. And the bounce Absolutely. off. And, and what we found is just about everybody in that group we've just been going through discovered that they were too cheap. So inadvertently they'd all cut their prices down because they wanted to have business, yeah. but they got to a point where they were busy, really busy, um, but feeling too yes. cheap. So I guess it's, you know, having that opportunity to um, change people's lives and their potentially their financial future. We'd like to yes. be doing more of that. And uh, one of the things I'm passionate about, I support Vinnies every year in the CEO Sleepout, but mm-hmm. At the moment with COVID, you know, they're yeah. seeing a massive growth in the number of people they have to support. So yeah. the problems that we're seeing now and what Australia and women are starting to stand up for and what we're seeing globally in the different movements, um, you know, we've got to take a more caring approach to life wow. you know, globally. So and, you know, where, where we can contribute a little bit to making a difference, that's what we want to do or that's what I want yeah. to do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You've got such an um, exciting amount of things coming up for Business in Heel. Can you quickly tell the audience the best way to connect with Business in Heal?
1: Uh, probably the best way is to go in through our website, www.businessinheels.com yep. Or if you want to chat to somebody, Emma loves talking to people and she's always around <laughs> yeah. and she's on info
0: at com. So that's her direct email. Um, I also noticed when I was on the website, there's a wonderful little chat message that yeah. pops up and, and you can ask questions and comment or get directions or anything people like to buy that little. Oh, Fantastic. They're, I they're not how a box. Yeah, I thought that it was real people too. I was going to say that's pretty good technology got there, Lisa, but I'm glad to know that it's a real person. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lisa, the, um, the book is also available on Business in Heels. Any of the mentoring programs, the events, Uh, There's a finance section and there's a membership section. And before, we spoke briefly about all the different membership levels, but I encourage people to jump on to businessinheals.com and have a look at the membership section. Lisa and the team offer really fantastic value for very little. And in talking about that, um, I just want to briefly touch on the comment you made about women not asking for for what they're worth and women are discounting their prices. I find that when um, I'm reaching out to women and I, and I I understand from a men's perspective, they'll go, oh, I'm not paying for that or I'm not paying for that. What I find difficult to manage is when other women who are quite visually... Uh, have a big profile, and they'll come back to you and say, "Oh, I'm not pro- paying for that." And my thought is always, "You're in business. Why not support other women in business?" I, my one of my mottos is, "I like to pay other women in business for their products and services because they have value. What they do has value. Their time is not free." And one of my pet frustrations is this underlying view that women's time, efforts and business is less valuable than their male counterparts. Do you feel find that, Lisa?
1: Yeah, all the time. And so yes. as a result of that, what we've done is put in um, the valuing your worth into, yes. um, so that's a workshop that's in the next summit coming up. And part of yes. what we're doing now is a every time we do our group mentoring, is taking um, service providers through how to determine their hourly rate because a lot of yes. them do it uh, and, you know, to the point where there's no money in it for them. And at the That's end right. of it, and you know, you're, you're in business to make a profit because that supports yes. your lifestyle and you can't give to others until you've actually got Without. to a point You, where you're actually making some money. So I come across lots of people all the time, you know, that are donating as much as they can. just like, yes, but you're actually, you know, you've got to eat. You're not, yeah, that's
0: right.
1: You know, and it's better
0: off. My biggest passion is ensuring that women have value, that what they do has value and ensuring that they're financially, um, Get what they are, they should for the value that they give. Mm, but you talk to a lot of small business
1: owners, and there'd be a lot out there that mm-hmm. aren't paying themselves super, um you know, yes. because they're on the, uh, you know, I just need to make sales now and I'll get to paying myself yes. super later. And that's fine yes. as long as you get to that. And maybe it's, you yes. know, a defined line in the sand of when you're going to stop and start. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, look, it's about creating value and part of it is, you know, teaching people how they can value up rather than cut Absolutely. down. So, and, you know, Absolutely. at the end of
0: it, it's encouragement. Sometimes you just need that other person to say, no, no, yes. you're worth more than that. Now push and back. And that's where the mentoring comes in, Lisa. That's where the, you know, no, you are worth this. Absolutely embrace that you are worth this and the value you give is immense. Lisa Sweeney, we are out of time. I'm so grateful that you agreed to let me interview you today. Um, I want to encourage the audience, particularly the women in business listening out there, jump on to businessinheals.com and just find all the amazing things that Lisa and the team have created in terms of mentoring, networking, education, finance, membership, it's all there on this one site. Lisa Sweeney, thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony, Everyday Business. It's been a privilege to talk to you and I'm sure we'll connect again soon. Thanks, Tony. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. And that, my wonderful people, is all for today. We will be back next week with another fabulous guest. Over to you now, TJ, and bye, everyone.